Today's um, message is through the eyes of a child. And the scripture comes from Matthew 18, 1 through 4. And it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And so it's in this story this part of the Bible that gets you to start thinking, if you are not like a child, you are not ready to go into the kingdom of heaven. And so I was thinking about a time when I was attending um, yoga, okay? So if you know me, you know I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. So I need some peace, okay? And so I was going to yoga, and we were in this session called a visual meditation. And so if anyone is not familiar with this, um, we were laying down in the darkness, in the silence, and she's guiding you through this visual journey. Um, And I've told this story to my friends so they know it, but um, it is the first time I have ever just wept in a yoga class. And it sounds crazy, but don't worry. Everybody else had their eyes closed. And thankfully, I was silent, so no one heard me. But I was weeping, you guys, because she starts it off, and she says, I want you to picture a field, a pasture in the perfect weather, the perfect day, absolute perfection, okay? And so in my mind, I have me standing there in a field of tall grass with like the wind blowing and there's a tree and there's some sun. Who knows, it's probably like 72. That's probably good for me. Um, And it's just the perfect crisp day. And she says, I want you to start to feel so light that your body is just rising up, just this light feeling, and you start to lift towards heaven. And as you lift towards heaven, it starts to get dark, and you start to see all the stars around you, this bright, light twinkling around you in the calm and still of space. And as you go up and up and up, you see a bright, bright light, and you are going towards it. And at this light is heaven. And I want you to picture a kingdom And she just leaves you there, still in your vision of the kingdom. And she says, what do you hear? When you still yourself with God and you think of the kingdom of heaven and you entering the gate, 
what do you hear? And this is when I started to cry, you guys, because what I hear is I heard my kids say, mom, mom, and I heard my grandfather, and I heard my grandmother, and I heard my family and my friends, and it was tangible, and I felt the longing to want to be in heaven, and now I'm getting all teary-eyed now even, and I felt the longing of wanting to be in that goodness that God has created for us. And when you think about an image so impactful like that, you think about how can I get there? I want to be there. I want to be enveloped in light, and I want to be enveloped in love, and I want to be somewhere that I am longing to be. So how do we get there? And the Bible tells us we have to be like children. And sometimes those children are anxious and excited and longing to be where we are called to be. And so I'm, I read that passage and I was like, this is a big question. How, how do we get to heaven? And it made me think of another huge question in the Bible, probably very important that you all know. Um, but it kind of makes me think like Jesus is chilling, you know, <laughs> mid-age or younger, like 20s, I'm thinking, like chilling, and people are just asking him all these questions. They're like, what about this? What about this? What do we do? What do we do? And it makes me think about if you have been or were a parent a long time ago or even now, you know what it's like on that road trip, driving forever away, and the kids are like, um, what about this? Or would you rather? And Eden's favorite thing is like, what is your best, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite blah, blah, blah. And so I came up with a crazy scenario for y'all. It's like a child sitting back saying, would you rather lick a horse's hoof for $100 or let a horse give you a wet willy for 1000 Jay last last Sunday was like disgusting neither neither option <laughs> okay but it's like that think of that boisterous child behind in the back seat and so Jesus was there and the people were asking him would you rather us follow commandment a or commandment b and simply he says to them in Matthew 22, so not far away from where we were, um, 34 through 39, he says, hearing it says that um, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replied... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And that is the first and greatest commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. And so we have to have this core of love. So love, who all in here is 14 years old or older? Raise your hand. That means you probably think that you have experienced love before, right? 
So we all know that if you are 24 or 54 or 14, whatever it is, we all know what that young love was like. That 14-year-old puppy love where you can't be separated and you need to be with them all the time. But over time, we learn that that young love is a fleeting love. And even if it is fleeting, it is still a type of love. Um, And I remember even in the early days of dating my husband, I remember that early, early love um, so we have fond memories of our first house and my tiny, my tiny little self, if you've never seen my husband, he's six foot four, he's, he, he's big and he's a big dude and I would stand in front of the door and I would be like, no, don't leave for work, stay here with me and I would hold on to him and he would be laughing and trying to leave, you know how it is. Um, he did remind me this week after he already heard this sermon last service um, that I don't do that anymore. But, <laughs> but he said, what happened to you wanting me to stay home with you? And I said, no, you can leave for work now. <laughs> um, but there was a point when that was the type of love that we had. And early love is a type of love. But there are so many types of love, even us children here, you love your pets, and you love your best friend, and you love your mom, and you love your brother, and you love them all, but in different ways. And we can love everybody in different ways. And so with it being Children's Sunday, I figured I would tell you some things that children think that love is. All right, so here's some quotes. They're good, so get ready. All right. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure it tastes okay. Love is when you kiss all the time, then when you get tired from kissing, you still want to be together and talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. Love is what is in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it every day. Love is when a little old man and a little old woman are still friends even after they've known each other for so long. During my piano recital, I was on stage and I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw my daddy smiling and waving. He was the only one doing that. I wasn't scared anymore. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. (laughs) Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says that he is handsomer than Thor. (laughs) Love is when your puppy licks your face all over even after you left him at home all day. I know my, this is my favorite one. 
I know my older sister loves me because she gave me all her clothes and then had to go out and buy more. <laughs> when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down really fast and little stars come out of you. Love is when mommy, <laughs> when mommy sees daddy on the toilet and doesn't think it's gross. <laughs> and the last one, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. It's interesting, isn't it? The view of life through the eyes of a child. How many times do you wish that you could see your circumstance through the life and eyes of a child? You know, as parents, a lot of the time, we can go through a scenario, a day. At the end of the night, we lay down on, um, in our bed, and we think, oh, I yelled at her, and I did this, and there's toys everywhere, and I didn't buy groceries, and we ran out of milk, and the car needs a new tire, and we don't have money, and I need to work an extra shift, but I really want to be home with her, but I'm just not doing good enough, Am I even supposed to be doing this? Am I doing a good job? What is going on? How did I get here? And in the bedroom two doors down from you is a little child with their head on the pillow praying and saying, God, thank you so much for my mommy. Thank you that she tries all the time for me. And instead of making dinner tonight, we got to eat cereal. And my mommy took me and let me play outside, even though we were supposed to go to practice, but our car wouldn't start, so I got to play outside with mommy today. And through the eyes of a child, life and love is so different. But that's what Jesus is asking us to do and how to see the world around us. Not to see the imperfections, not to see the negativity, not to see all of the problems that surround us in this life, but to see it through the eyes of a child because that's how he calls us to enter his kingdom. And so I am not... I'm not like ordained, I didn't go to seminary, so I'm not sitting here looking up the Bible verses and what they mean in Latin and stuff like that. So I just went to handy dandy Merriam-Webster and um, I looked up the word lowly in the Bible verse that we had originally read, Matthew 18, because the verse, verse four, really stuck out to me. And it said, therefore, whoever takes this lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So what does the word lowly mean? Well, <clears throat> according to Merriam-Webster, it means low in status or importance as well as humble. Why do we look at children in today's society and think that they are lowly? Why do we not value their importance as much as ours? Well, here's the reason. They're small. They're tiny. They're short. They're frail. 
they're weak, they're not as big, they haven't developed, they haven't experienced what the world has, whether it's hurt or trauma or love or all of the happiness, they haven't experienced it because they are not enough yet. A child is a child because they grow. Well, <clears throat> that is all to kind of correlate to what Jesus sees in us. Y'all all know your own story and where you have been in your life. You have been at the beginning and there has been a promise for a future, but you are not in that future yet until God has started to work in your life. Now, um, God came and saw and created you for that future, knowing what you could become, despite of your height or your ability to um, be smarter than the people around you or your ability to go and achieve and excel and all of that, God did not care. He did not see you and say, oh no, you are not enough, I am not using you. He said, I am, you are not enough yet. And that's when he sent his son Jesus to come into our lives to work on that yet. Now, do you think you are ready to enter the kingdom of heaven? Are you seeing through the eyes of a child? Is your heart ready to love completely in the way that a child loves? If the answer is no, that means that you are not done yet. That you are not perfect and ready yet. And you need to be able to be moldable, to be flexible, to be excitable, to go into new experiences, to be ready for what is yet to come. So I want you to look at the nearest child next to you. Look at them, where are they at? Are they in the row before you, behind you? Are they on the ground coloring? Are they jumping up and down? Look at that child. And I want you to think, what do they have that I don't have? And how can I get some of that? And no, the answer was not energy, okay? You're not getting that energy, okay? So get past that, <laughs> all right? Think about that love, the genuine love that is there. So my challenge to y'all is to go out this week. It's a perfect week because it's our week of thankfulness and gratitude. I want you to go out and have the eyes of a child. Think about how you can see your circumstances around you. If you are a planner, I want you to write down what is going on in your life. Is this going on at work? Is this going on with your friends? Your relationship with your brother that is now estranged because things went crazy and are at odds? Write it down in this column exactly how you view it as reality. And then in this column, I want you to see it as a child. 
And I know you're going to sit there and say, well, Haley, but this happened, this happened, and he told me this, and, you know, all of this turmoil and all of this tarnish. Well, guess what? God didn't say that we weren't going to go through stuff. God said, you go through the stuff, pat you on the back, but look at it through the eyes of a child and with an immense love in your heart to get over it, to get past it, to welcome them around you so that you can be ready to go into that kingdom of heaven with everybody and anybody that you can get around you to go up together. Because we all know it's better to do things with friends and those friends become your family and have your group around you of support and love. So we are going to go ahead and pray. And I know y'all are like, what's happening? My stomach isn't even grumbling yet. Haley talks way faster than Sione. <laughs> um, but we are going to go ahead and pray. And then Sione is going to come up here and help me with the end of stuff. But let's go ahead and pray about what we learned today. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we just all gather before you today, and we come to you how we are broken, not good enough, insecure, anxious, struggling, needing more, needing you, needing more energy needing to let go of the burdens, needing to let go of the past, needing to know what our future is, how are we going to survive, all of those thoughts circling around in our heads. But you say to us that that is enough, that you have so much more in this life for us, that you did not create us to go into heaven bearing all of those problems, but to be resolved by looking at your son, Jesus, because he forgave us our sins and he is our partner in this life. That we look at him for the help and the peace and the patience and the love and the serenity that we need to keep enduring and persevering to be who you have called us to be. Today, I have challenged us all to look at our lives through the eyes of a child. Let us have that joyful and exuberant heart to be excited and running towards your gates with a love that is overwhelming that pours out to every single person around us, that it does not matter our background or our relationship with them, whether they're a stranger or we've known them for years. Let us go forward in this life with a love that is just like yours, to love them, to have the vision that they are our friend, forever, and we want to share the amazing news with them. Lord, change us and love us even more than we know what to do with. It's in your name we pray. 
Amen.